0: Tonight's episode of the q podcast is dedicated to the memory of the late, great Stuart Scott. You will be missed. Hey, everybody. Uh, you're listening to episode 41 of the Q&A podcast. My name is Anthony. Sitting right next to me, as always, is my pal, DeQuincy. Welcome back, guys. Thanks for listening. Today, uh, we're recording on a Tuesday night, mm-hmm. and Tuesday afternoon was a big day uh, for baseball but more importantly I think for the city of Houston um, we, we got the we finally got the uh, the results of the 2015 uh, Baseball Hall of Fame voting uh, the writers of the uh, the Baseball Writers Association of America elected four retired baseball players uh, the most since what? 1955. Sure, let's go with that. I believe it was nineteen fifty-five, um, and the first time we've ever had three pitchers in one class. Uh, three, three of the four inductees or first ballot Hall of Famers. Uh, we'll just go just through name them. The yeah, Pedro name. Martinez, Randy Johnson, John Smoltz—all very deserving uh, inductees, but. Um, The one that really is, you know, closest to our hearts uh, as as fans of the Astros, as Houstonians, um, is, of course, none other than Craig Vigio, uh, who got in, who was uh, elected in his third year of eligibility. To quote a man, Dawson Ziegler, it's about damn time! (laughs) And I don't, I typically don't get too excited about sports and sporting events, um, for the most part, I try not to have too much of a stake in it, but I gotta say, I was sitting at my desk at work. I was watching the feed on MLB.com, um, and when the representative from the Hall of Fame opened up that envelope, and Biju was name was the first one that he, you know, he inducted. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta say, I gave I gave him the uh, the Tiger Woods fist, you know, fist bump or fist pump. You mean? Yeah, fist pump. Uh, it was pretty cool, man. Yeah, I was really excited to see that, to see the announcement, um, and just to hear his name, you know, mentioned uh, among the all-time greats now, officially. Um, and we, you know, something that the day he, he took off that uniform was uh, something that you know we were just counting down to, basically. Yeah, just a matter of time before he was
1: actually inducted into the Hall of Fame.
0: Um, wow.
1: It's exciting, man. Yeah, it's really, really, really fun.
0: I, I you know, uh, Congratulations to, to Biggio. Uh, to all of the inductees, of course. Um, Just upset that it took so long. We should have
1: been inducted last year. Yeah, all oh, by two votes. He, he missed. That's a fool. <laughs> <word>. That's tough. <laughs> but hey, you made it this year. Yeah. Um, the Astros are having a celebration on Friday at 5 o'clock um, for Biggio. I know Reed Ryan and Nolan Ryan will be there to speak on his behalf. And it's just, it's an awesome time. He's the first Astro player ever in the Hall of Fame. Uh, someone we both grew up watching and idolizing. Uh, just the way he came to work every day with that, <laughs> as my mother put it, that filthy helmet. <laughs> put it on, got to work. He was one of the grinders of the team. A role model for not just players around the league, but also little kids. Yeah. Who wanted to, you know, play t-ball. Grow up and play one day at the Astrodome and then minimade. Um, it's a well-deserved honor. I don't think I. I can't like I'm gushing over here like a, like a child. It's so awesome to see this, and I can't wait to hear his induction speech.
0: And um, was it July? July, yeah, I think twenty sixth. I think um, probably the most humbling of all the speeches you you you're probably hear that day. Um, they were saying on MLB Network, you know, the diversity of the personalities of the guys that have been inducted this year, you know. Randy Johnson is, is not the not the most personable guy. He's an um, introvert. He's really he's very introverted. Close to the vest. It's probably the height. I guess he's self conscious or something. But uh, yeah, he's never been one to you know pal around with anybody or to you know be that open with the media. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting speech. Mm-hmm. Pedro Martinez, you know, uh, is a guy who's seen and done it all. Mm-hmm. He's won titles. He's won. You know, Cy Young awards, um, he and he's got up. He's he's had to strike out and get out some of the best hitters of our generation. One of the most dominant
1: pitch pitchers, yeah, especially in the PED era we just came. And not necessarily not him not, and Randy Johnson. Yeah, most ridiculous numbers.
0: And he won't be a braggart, but he'll definitely. Um, I think you know he'll be very. He's he's a very proud man. He'll be very proud As of his accomplishments. Be. Yeah. Uh, John Smoltz, a gamer, you know, um, a guy again who's seen and done it all as well. Who, uh, is, you know, a fiery character as well. and, You know, his speech will be very passionate. But Biggio, you know, is a guy that that treated the game um, like it was very sacred. Like it's a like it's a, a sacred game to play Um, I don't mean to be blasphemous in any way but you know he treated it with respect respect and dignity and and humility Um, and I I expect his speech to be nothing short of that Uh, and he's really he's genuinely a good man Mm -hmm. I uh, I met him briefly when I was in high school his uh, him and his family were touring St. Thomas High School where he eventually sent his sons and wound up coaching in one state baseball championships there. Um, when I was a senior there, he, him and his family toured the school uh, during like an open house thing when they were trying to decide where to send their kids. And uh, he was very attentive, um, very receptive to everybody that, you know, talked to him. And you could tell he was a very genuine person uh, in that brief encounter that I had with him. it was. Um, one of those rare times where I was a little starstruck, I would say. Um, and, it, and it wasn't because it's, it's Craig Vigio, but it's because it's because this is a guy who seems like a very, very nice man. Like someone who's you know shouldn't be as nice as he is considering his position in life. You, you know? know, whenever there's
1: like a <laughs> scandal about an athlete, we always say, well, you don't ever know these guys. Yeah. It felt like Vigio was the kind of guy that you could hang out, you could have a beer with him. And just have a conversation with him. Like he wasn't too big. Like he understood his place in the game.
0: Right. And in the city of Houston itself. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and it's, man, it's still very, very cool just thinking that he's going to be enshrined and that, you know, his, our team's cap will be, you, you know, know, finally in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And and who better to go in first as as the as an Astro as a Houston Astro? Um, sure, Bagwell had the sexier numbers with the home runs and whatnot, but I'm um, be honest with you, I have always been more of a Bagwell fan than a Bagwell fan. I, I same here, absolutely. Um, but when you look at the body of work, when you look at the you know the longevity, the dedication that he put in, um, three thousand and
1: sixty hits. More doubles than any right-hander in history.
0: Yeah, there's just something special about about a guy like Craig Vigio as a ball player, Um, and we couldn't ask for a better, um, a better, you know, uh, initial representative for the team. And he always uh, was also—he's been hit.
1: More times than any other player, 285. 285. <laughs> More times than any player in
0: the modern era. And <laughs> <It's> so <like laughs> <it's> I just, this <laughs> is weird that we both just named as that that. <laughs> oh yeah, it was a big part of watching him play for sure. It's like the uh, and, and because he there. never because he never took it personally. Mm-hmm. Two hundred eighty-five times hit, and he never gave a stare down. You know, he never you know jarred at the at the opposing pitcher that hit him. Mm. He took it, shrugged it off. Got you the know. first and sometimes stole second on the next uh, Many times stole second, yeah. Um, but he, he was a guy who understood um, who, who knew how to play the game right the right way. Um, and it didn't include seeking retribution on someone who may have plunked him. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this guy is just all around incredible. Uh, well-deserving. Um, and if he had played his whole career at second base, maybe one of the all time greatest second basemen. Uh, but, you know, it, it's hard as to categorize. The pitcher, it, to second. It's very hard to move categorize. to, him. what, center field when Jeff Kent came aboard? Yeah, for two years, two and a half years. Um, then, you know, finished out his career, you know, at second base uh, and made the all star team in all three positions, right? Or was the- it Gold
1: Glove? Gold glove, gold glove
0: at all three positions, um, you know, just tons of accolades. Uh, silver slug, well, no, not silver sluggers. I think uh, all star appearances. Um, well, really, it's just gold gloves and all star appearances that were the most. Um, You're asking me questions. I don't have the answers. <laughs> that were I had the answers. You know, his the most frequent of his accolades. I guess. Throughout him. his career, baseball reference. Let's go look at that real quick. Um, so,
1: what's the one thing, the uh, one moment in his playing career that you'll always remember? Um, I went to the wrong. To baseball reference. Uh, baseball reference. I
0: don't know. It, it's hard. Like, because I really, I didn't really get into baseball until. Ninety-six, just before or ninety-seven, I would say, just right around the time they had started making a run. Um, it might be his three thousandth hit. Game. Oh yeah,
1: that's the one I'm going with.
0: Um, it also might. From I kind of remember more clearly the um, the home run that he hit to uh, to break the National League record for lead off home runs. Mm-hmm. Just something about that game as well that just you know, something that um, I guess, you know, definitely gets overlooked, but it's something that people um, that that you know, sports you know, teams do look back on as well. It's just I don't know, it's just one of those weird I moments. just
1: I just remember the 3000 hit game because he came into the game needing what was it, five hits. Yeah. And he got him. And he got him all in that first game of the homestand. And, we, and I remember talking to you and Steven, like, well, Drayton's got to be terrible. He's got to be happy that he's got three that hit. But he's got to be sad that he couldn't milk this for the entire weekend. Right. And, um, I remember him just getting the hit, rounding first and or second, and being thrown out at second base. You remember who threw him out? Who was it? Was it? Willie Tavares. <laughs> I always remember that. <laughs> I don't oh, know goodness. why. But Williams and <laughs> threw him out at second base. Uh, he stands up. He uh, salutes the crowd. His family comes out. Uh, Bagwell comes out. Yeah. And it's just a celebration. And I remember Carlos Lee winning the game with the home run later, later that night. And then we started handing out posters. Oh, God. <laughs> There's but a story those about those posters, posters I don't think I'm allowed to tell yet. <laughs> I don't think the Statue of Limitation has ended. Yeah, I would If you work that. with me, you already know the story. I don't think I can tell it to the normal crowd one day. <laughs> you see me on the street, ask me about that story, and I'll tell you. Um, yeah. No, I'd say that's my favorite, my favorite memory of Big just getting a 3,000 hit and basically sealing himself as one of the immortals in the game. I remember that giant
0: um, that giant Banner that the team oh, made for him that season oh no the year that he retired that's the same year was okay yeah whenever
1: they yeah, he, every
0: fan that came through that building didn't he announce his retirement like two weeks after he got a three thousand probably so Something I think he like was, that. yeah I think he was just waiting for that that mm-hmm. moment um, but that giant banner that every fan signed. Mm-hmm. I signed it, did you? I definitely signed it. Uh, well, I, I haven't watched that sign. I had to put <laughs> it the <had a> garden. <laughs> it
1: was right behind Home Blade, and we had to stand behind it and make sure no one did anything stupid to it.
0: Yep. I really wonder where that sign is now. Where Where would he put that? Storage. I mean, I mean no, well, besides storage, I'm saying, like, if he were to, where would he put that as In his uh, garage? Uh, on display? The thing covered, like, the entire right field wall. Yeah, that thing
1: was huge.
0: There's no way he doesn't, I don't think he has a mansion that big. To, I mean, he's obviously got a very nice house, I assume. But, you know, unless you're going to drape it on the side of your house, it's going to go all the way down, you know, from the second or third story to the, to the ground floor. Where are you going to put that? <laughs> I didn't didn't understand that. It was so weird. <laughs> Might have to use it if they ever have to fumigate the home or something. You know, just it's drape it a over, a over. that tent. <laughs> but other than that, it's just. I'm sure it's just sitting in storage. Somewhere with uh, all of our signatures and a, I think a few uh, fans' phone numbers and whatnot. I think. Yeah, I, I
1: know <laughs> there were some women that put their phone numbers on that <laughs> on that uh, banner. I saw it.
0: Um, one thing, uh, and it was a picture of him. Yeah, <laughs> he's not. I mean, see, I, that doesn't make sense either because he's not that kind of guy. He's not. He's not an egomaniac. He wouldn't put that out on display. He wouldn't put a picture of himself out, uh, you know, an enlarged picture like that of himself out there. Uh, but you know, it is what it is, and something I'm sure you know he uh, passes by in his garage, when he's mm-hmm. coming home or something. That's a great story to tell the grandkids one day.
1: Um, what was I going to say to you? I completely, I had something to say and I completely zoned
0: out when you kept on going with you. Man, it's just.
1: I don't have the words.
0: Uh man, I
1: mean the Oh, wow, oh, I remember what I'm to. Say to um, another great thing about video is the fact that he spent his whole career as a member of the Houston Astros.
0: Twenty years. And imagine if he hadn't got hurt in was it ninety nine, I think. When he blew the yeah.
1: Preston Tucker, who later became his teammate. Preston Wilson. Wilson, I'm sorry, Preston Wilson. Yeah. Um Imagine the year Imagine if, like we're going hitting the Wayback Machine, if the Astros had drafted uh, Derek Jeter instead of, who was it, Phil Levin? Yeah. Jesus Christ, 20 years of Bijo and Jeter turning double play. Oh
0: my God, one of the biggest what ifs in the world. Man. They would probably be going in at the same time. Well, no, because Bijo is older. But, yeah. Um, but still, that would have been an awesome site. It's just, yeah. What if, man? What if? So, I guess as much as we've talked about it, um, where before we get into what we also we have planned for this episode, my rants, rants, and rats so balloting and whatnot. You, if you
1: thought everything is just going to be sweet and loving and tender, you <laughs> you're in for a rude awakening.
0: Before, before we, I think you know, before we shift focus, let's keep it on the team. Now, mm-hmm. where where does this organization go forward with? Um, or you know, where do the the voters go forward? I guess with with future astro candidates, you know that are, you know Bagwell is obviously very close. He's inching closer. He should be in within the next year or two, I believe. I think so too. Um, but after that, I mean, Wagner is coming up next year. He won't get in first year, and shouldn't get in first year. I think. He's got a chance. I, I, he's got a slim chance to get in at some point. Um, I have to look. I really want to look him because there was a. I'm sorry, this former closer Billy Wagner. Um, and then you've got Lance Berkman, who just retired, right? Did yes. He, is he officially retired? Yes. I, I'm saying yes. <laughs> yeah. So he's got a few years, um, you know, to go, and he'll. He's a guy that you can make a case for. Um, but yeah, I guess it is, you know, since he just retired, I guess it is kind of too soon. But other than that, I mean, is there anybody else that you could make a case for at this at this moment? No, I
1: wouldn't even make a case for Berkman or Oswald just because they their careers, I feel like both of their, career, their careers were missing an extra three or four years. mm mm-hmm. That would and the county numbers that would have cinched it. Right. I feel like both of them are, um, if there was a Hall of really good players, that's what they would be, but they're not Hall of Fame players. (laughs) Um, both deserve to have their number retired, of course, with the Astros, but that's about it. They're great players, they're just not good enough to be Hall of Famers. Yeah. And after that, well then I guess you could put Wagner in that category as well. Yeah. Um, I think you can make a strong case for Wagner, between the saves, the strikeouts, and the case, uh, for the case for nine, the case per nine inning, and the er, uh, ERA. He was like a lefty. Um, what's his name? The guy pitches for Atlanta right now. Kimbrel. Kimbrel. Yeah, he was a lefty. Kimbrel. Just the fact that he came. I always remember a story that um, he was talking about when he came up before he made the team and it was spring training and he was pitching against a guy and the guy was like oh he's a lefty, he's a he's like what they call called a thumper, he can't throw that fast and then Billy Wagner comes up and he's throwing <laughs> 97, 98, 100 miles an hour yeah. and after the game the the batter goes up to him and says hey man I'm sorry I didn't know you could throw that hard I'm sorry I said that about you um, I think you, like I said, you can make a case for Billy Wagner but I don't know if you make it in <laughs> Other than that,
0: the rest of these guys are very fringe. Uh, Carlos Correa, 30, 2036. <laughs> That's what you got. Yeah, I mean, uh, other you know, we have to wait, I guess, for the next crop of, you know, the next generation to go through a full career before we can, I guess, before there's a clear cut um, candidate <laughs> down the line. Uh, but, man, it's it's... Bittersweet, you know, that this is pro- this will probably be it for a while, um, unless Bagwell does make it next year in the next year or two. Uh, but you know, he's the first and hopefully not the last, but um, for you know, for a while, he'll he's going to be alone uh, in the organization, you know, yeah. organizationally.
1: Organization. Yeah, I don't think it goes well it's going to make it just because a lot of the voting establishment is I would say 50 and up and the first thing to look at is his wins he only won 163 games yeah so I don't think you'll get it yeah. Berkman I don't uh if you go to I don't think he has the count in the stats either
0: that they're looking for so, yeah because he has um just over 300 yeah. home runs
1: he Officially retired, I'm saying yes. so I'm not 100% I want to say yes. To yeah, we're
0: gonna say
1: yes. 366 home runs. From-
0: yeah, nice career, don't get me wrong. Yeah, very, very nice career, especially with the Astros. Yeah, all right. So, you ready to go on to our fictional ballots? Sure, okay. so we decided to do cast our own ballots in the same vein as the um. Baseball Writers of Association, Baseball Writers Association of America. Try to say that ten times faster. Right. Um, the The voters, you know, the voting committee or whatever you want to call it, um, they cast a ballot. of Ten, play, ten retired, you know, baseball players. You have to be eligible. I like how you keep adding retired. <laughs> yeah, to, <laughs> it's like you're missing a word, and you just keep throwing in the retired, <laughs> pretty much. DeQuincy says they have to be eligible. Yes. Blah blah blah. But disclaimer, okay. who, I, I, I who are you going to put in that wasn't eligible? Pete Rose. Pete oh Rose yeah, be, that goes without saying.
1: Okay, but he's not eligible. I'm sorry. It's, like it's a, a shame. It's a. Uh, but it's a damn crying shame.
0: He would be hands down on the ballot. And you, you, gotta, you but
1: let's talk about that for a second. Do you think he ever gets in while he's still alive?
0: Uh, yeah I think so I think he's got a chance now that Seelig is stepping down who's the new commissioner named Manfred yeah Rob Manfred. Manfred. Manfred so I really
1: hope that they finally release this band it's been 40 years it's enough time he's yeah. apologized we all make mistakes okay, Just of,
0: <laughs> he wrote a <laughs> book and he <laughs> apologized it was uh, along the lines of if I did it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's basically what it
1: was. <laughs> he, he did it. He, <laughs> quote, he apologized using the air quotes. And I would think it'd be awesome. He needs to be back in the game. Um, I know the Cincinnati Reds will welcome uh, him with open arms. And he should be an ambassador for the game for everything he did. Yeah. Charlie Hustle. And he'll be, health. it's crazy. 40 years later, he'll still be
0: a first ballot. <laughs> yes. And, yes. <laughs> and
1: he'll be well-deserved. He should be in there. And also, I gotta say, This whole first ballot thing... Oh, here we go. That's one of my rants. Let's go.
0: Might as well. You know, Where's my pen so I can mark this one off? It's not... It's a great honor to be recognized the very first year. You are eligible, hands down. No doubt about that. But I don't think we should get totally up in arms if a player is not elected his first year of eligibility. Um, And it's a little tough... Well, they've changed now. Starting next year, or this year, it's gone down from fifteen years years to to ten. You have ten years. I think ten years is is good enough. I think it takes. agree. It
1: it, it would be ten years. I just wish that the voting limit wasn't ten, but continue with your first. Yeah, I think you know if it should be unlimited. Unlimited to as far as I'm sure. Go ahead.
0: You know, ten years. um, If you have it. it's taking you ten years to get elected, then. Then you go you know, to the veterans committee. Yeah, you might still make you, you know, you, you obviously didn't cut it this time around. Um, You'll have to wait till you're dead <laughs> or something like that. All right. um, and I don't necessarily think it's it's a shame if you're not elected the first year, um, unless you're very close. I mean, unless it's you missed by like two or three votes, which was the case of Biggio over the past couple of years. It's not totally damning. It doesn't lessen the honor at all, um, and I don't think we should really get too much up. We shouldn't get as up in arms as we've seen uh, people who cover the game uh, react to, to the to the, the, the tallies. You ready? Because I'm about to go off on this. Sure. You don't get
1: a second plaque. If you're a first ballot compared to someone gets on, a, on the sixth ballot, there's not a special wing for guys to get on the first ballot. First time. It is so stupid to hear about this because all these old school baseball writers that say, well, Bay roof didn't make it in on the on the Oh no. Who was it? Joe DiMaggio didn't make it in the first ballot. It took him to the third ballot. It's like, Okay, black people weren't allowed to vote back then. Now we can. We have all these things that have changed. We have the internet. Why are you still adhering to these rules that didn't make sense then? Just let it go. It shouldn't matter if you're first, second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever, as long as you get in. I agree. I mean, I'm just tired of these voters being like, oh, also... To add on to that, the first about the voters who say, I can't vote for this guy because um, I don't want him, get, he can't get in with 100% because Babe Ruth didn't get in with 100%, uh, Ted Williams didn't get in with 100%. So what? What does that have to do with the here and now? Exactly. Either he's a Hall of Famer and he's not. And your voting shouldn't have to do with something that happened 100
0: years ago. When guys voted. If you're worried about that, give up your vote and just become an old baseball historian. <laughs> It's, it's, you know, back then, voters were probably even more discriminatory than they are now. They didn't like the fact that Babe Ruth was, you know... uh, A Yankee. A Yankee, a big fat guy who drank and smoked his whole career, you know? Who knows? You know, but you have to... You shouldn't punish other... You know, you shouldn't punish the future for something that happened in the past, you know? I I totally agree with you on that.
1: (sighs) Uh, you want another rant, or you want to go to the ballot? Let's go to the ballot. Okay, let's go to the ballot. You first. Uh, well, obviously, Vigio is the top of my list. All right, yeah, because I went in order. So let's go. Uh,
0: Vigio. After that, you know, really, the ballot to me. Because, How many guys do you have in your ballot? I, we like to ten. Okay, I put ten. All right. Um, Randy Johnson. Yeah, I mean, it's. But again, this all goes in line with my like you know oh you know he doesn't necessarily have to be first timer, but Randy Johnson of course if this is his first year of eligibility there's no way I wasn't going to vote for him. Uh, same goes for Pedro. There's no way I wasn't going to vote for him. Smoltz is a different case. It's not that. It's not that. I have a problem with him being a first ballot Hall of Famer because I, I don't I don't have a problem with any of that stuff. It's just. I, this is a guy I really had to think about for uh, for one for a brief moment in time. I had to think about: is he, I mean, was he really that great? I mean, he was I, he was the product of an incredible system up top. I yeah,
1: because I'd look at this too. Because for me, if to, in order to be a Hall of Famer, I have to look at your career and feel like there were years where you were the top in the top five at your position.
0: He wasn't even the top five. Well, he wasn't even the top on his team some years. I mean, he, he was in the part of, a part of an incredible rotation. Who who else was on that crazy Braves team? It was him, Maddox, Maddox and, Smol- uh, and Glavin. Glavin, yeah. Uh, and then you know they were throwing you know Danny Nagels and uh, you know guys like that you know at the back of the rotation. But you know, but then I look at but then again you know I do look at the postseason record. You know, it was impressive. Only guy that, in history with 200 wins and 150 saves. Right, I mean something like that is is you know, something like that totally stands out, um, and to amass that many saves in a three year span is phenomenal, you know, and and that saved, that prolonged his career after that, you mm-hmm. know, um, but it, it I had to stop and think about this guy a little bit longer than I think most others that I voted for. Um, well, no, not not as but. Pretty. I had, to give it, I had to give it a little more thought. Um, mm-hmm. Then, of course, Bagwell. You know, he's uh, he was one of the best players of the '90s, really. You know, not just first baseman, not just you know of of his gener- Well, I guess of his generation, but yeah, the '90s, basically. You know, he was more, you know incredible. I mean, if you just go by WAR, and I know there are some
1: uh, meatheads that that don't like using the stats. He is the top six. he's the number six baseman of,
0: number six first baseman of all time. Yeah. I mean that's phenomenal. I mean he, he could hit the ball, he could defend the ball, you know, he was uh great I mean and, and you know obviously the whole home team, you know, factor, you know, we are comes biased. into play. We're
1: biased. Let's admit that right now. We're a hundred percent biased for the guys play for our team. We admit that.
0: At times, at most times I would say, but um, but a guy you know who was dominant. I mean, clearly dominant. You know, he won MVP title, uh, Silver Slugger awards, um, and was synonymous with guys like Frank Thomas. You know, in the nineties. Um, so I, it really wasn't that hard to to vote for him as well. I went with uh, Mike Piazza. Uh-huh. After that, all-time leader in uh, home runs as a catcher. It's very impressive. The best offensive catcher since like Johnny Bench. Yeah, hands down. Um played for played catcher for a long, long time, you know. Really long time. Uh, and, you know, just another one of those guys from the 90s, another product of of uh you know, one a face of the 90s, I'm sorry. Another face of the 90s. 1990s. Then, okay, so here it's, it's going to okay. be a little weird pick. But Lee Smith. Lee Smith is in his 14th year of eligibility. Um, prior to, what, 2008?
1: Lee was, Smith? Yeah. Is he on here? Yeah. Real, oh, there he is. Okay, sorry. I'm looking at the ballot. And I could not find him for the last.
0: Prior to, like, 2008, he was the all-time leader in saves. And he still... Has not been elected
1: um, 478 saves
0: yeah until Hoffman broke the record I think it was 2008 or 2009 he was he was the guy I mean, he was the all-time leader uh, played
1: for what 18 years uh, yeah 18 years Chicago Cubs Boston Red Sox st. Louis oh Lord that's like Calgary the heck California. 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 California, California. That's C A L. It's California. I okay. <laughs> I recognize them being the LA Angels of Anaheim or the An- Anaheim Angels. California, so long ago. Montreal, Cincinnati, New York, uh, Yankees, Baltimore. We finished with what? 293 ERA. Uh, ERA is right there. 303. 3.03. Uh, 3.03. Oh, 3. Okay. My
0: 478 saves. 1.25 whip. Not bad. I mean, you know, he wasn't. ERA plus
1: one hundred and thirty-two, which means one hundred is average. One thirty-two means he was thirty-two percent better than other pitchers in the time. That's. I think you know he he didn't make my list, but I can't argue with that.
0: I think you know he's he put in the time. I mean, he really. Um, and who you know how many players can? how many closers really last that long these days not, not, not many you know Hoffman and Rivera are probably the last the, the last group of closers that will um, play for 18 to 20 years right late. and and maintain the you know the uh, the body of work that they produced throughout that time he led he led the league
1: and say was 33 when he was 36 years old in 1994 uh, strike short in season that was a strike short
0: in season oh yes so who knows he probably could have reached
1: 50 saves man that's you talk about something that a uh, what if that season Pedro Bagwell Matt Bruce Williams Matt Williams does Matt Williams get 70 home runs that year does Ken Griffey Jr. get 65 home runs that year yeah <sighs> Jesus Christ strike up um, who's else on your list
0: uh, I've got Jeff Kent I got, you know, what, the second or third all, no all all-time leader home runs at second base. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's not a lot of power at second base overall. I mean...
1: Unless you like Dan Douglas. Yeah. And look, no one likes Dan
0: But <laughs> He's nowhere near a Hall of Fame ballot uh, when it's all said and done. Let's just get that out of the way. Uh, you know, 20, 2,400 hits. Was it was a 290 batting average. I mean, these are Pretty solid numbers for a second baseman.
1: Do you remember him playing with the Dodgers? From 2005 to 2008, because I do not. Uh, somewhat. I was, you know, a little bit. I think what hurts uh, Jeff Kent's um, chances is that he always got the reputation of being a uh, cover kids, of being a dick yeah. to like, his teammates in media,
0: and that hurts. Yeah, no, I agree. Um. But it should, you know, everybody makes a big stink about players not getting elected because of, uh, or you know, players getting suspended because of you know stuff they do off the field. Mm-hmm. But in this case, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna you know start condemning guys for that stuff, then why you know these are the same guys that people want to reward, you know, despite those. Those uh, flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't see why he shouldn't be on that list either. Why he shouldn't be elected, um, considering he played second base the majority of his career. Um, and then let's see. That one. You know, I'll, I'll wrap the list with, with Bonds and Clemens. I wasn't. We'll talk about them because we'll, we get through mine. I, I wasn't keen on the idea or initially of them being elected, but hey, man, you know. Uh, the numbers speak for themselves. At, for at any point, uh, at any point during their careers, the numbers speak for themselves. Whether they were enhanced or not, you know who wasn't doing something. You know who wasn't who hasn't done something. You know to enhance to get an edge in the game throughout all of history. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm more. More comes, receptive to the idea of them being elected and
1: making it. No. Here comes rant number two, talking about the who was doing what back then. You don't know who was doing what, and you'll never know. It's one of the things that irks me when people, when voters say they can't vote for, legitimate voters said they wouldn't vote for Baggio, uh, Biggio or Bagwell because they had the suspic- suspicion of
0: steroids. Biggio, I, you couldn't tell. I mean, he you... He didn't look like that kind of guy. Bagwell did. Bagwell, I mean, like, regardless. No, here's
1: people's evidence. He got bigger in his mid twenties, from when he started out as a 90 old and AAA. Let's take a picture of me when I was 19 and a picture of me now, and I guarantee I'm bigger. <laughs> you're you're you develop you you especially if you're a professional athlete. You
0: train better. But then look at the way, look at how he broke down at the end. That's that's also a sign. Guys don't break down as quickly as he did. Um, I mean, that shoulder just gave out completely. And that's something that deteriorates over time, not overnight, which it seemingly did with, with Bagwell at the end of his career. So, I mean, but I get what you're saying as well. Do you want to talk world. about people who have, have
1: injuries breaking down, and we're going to do a suspicion of steroids because. We can all look at Tori whiskey right now, because he breaks down every damn year. Are we going to start pointing to him as a steroid guy, because his body betrays him?
0: No, I wouldn't say that, because... Here's,
1: here's my thing. I, 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 don't, is, I don't, don't get that, that,
0: that argument, but... No, I'm
1: saying, I'm saying, if you want to sit here and say that, oh, he broke down, so that's a... And he using steroids. Okay, well, what? If, uh, like I said, Torreto he breaks down every year, except for 2007. So he breaks down every year. so. Is he on steroids? Because his body's breaking down. He always has sprains and tears, things like that. You wouldn't think he's using it, right? Yeah, but he's still his, his body is kept up though. Time Timeout. Timeout. How many guys have we since seen be suspended that have like these short, shortstop bodies? It's short body, small bodies, compact bodies. It's not always the muscle bound freaks that are using steroids. Anybody's using these things. Oh, yeah, every every once in a while, you hear ESPN he such and such player, like Julio Lugo, gets suspended. You're like that guy. He's five ten, 150 hundred and fifty pounds soaking wet. He gets caught using steroids. Your body type doesn't does isn't an indicator of you being on something. Okay, sure. Well, continue, continue. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, and that's why it's like you have no proof. You just have suspicions from other players who who say, oh, I think that guy is something. Like on Mike Piazza always said, oh, he had acne. He had acne all over his back. Mm, that's that's uh, maybe he's on steroids? What if it's just a skin condition? Unless you have a receipt, a video of him taking the steroids, you don't know. So just shut up. And secondly, what about the guy that you're voting in that might use steroids? Do you know for 100% that Pedro didn't? Randy Johnson uh, Smoltz? Because those seriously say, oh, they would never do that. They said, no, they didn't take steroids. How many times have we seen guys stand up in front of camera, in front of all Americans say they never use steroids? True, true, So just because someone said they didn't do it doesn't mean they did it. Unless you have proof, shut up about it. And going on to rant number three, I'm tired of all these damn sports writers coming out and acting all holier than thou now when back in the 90s, when, let's say, when guys used the andro, when they were using steroids, when uh, McGuire was using this stuff, where were you then? Where was your investigative reporting then? If you were enamored, t- they were too enamored with the story. Yeah. Well, guess what? The story was false. I mean, <laughs> McGuire's already came out and admitted that he steroids. So, if the, story, if the story back then was messed up, why. <coughs> sorry. You weren't paying attention back then. Why are you getting so holy and now you're the gatekeeper now? You can't have it both ways. You can't be blind then and now want to be virtuous to everything.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, you know, unless you admit unless then they you, come to me yeah. that you, you overlooked and you, you missed the ball or you dropped the ball and they haven't none of these guys have come out and said that and the great thing is we're in the inner age so
1: you can go back and see when guys were like uh, Jay Mariotti was one of the biggest proponents about um, McGuire's home run chase he actually wrote a story where he said there have been whispers of him using things using, but those just cease right now because it's not true so, you know what? You said you were defending these guys back then when they, when after the season they come back in spring training and they gain 20 pounds of muscle and you just look the other way and now you want to act all big and bad, now you're tough on steroids, you better apologize first.
0: Absolutely. I agree.
1: Say, I'm sorry. I screwed up. I didn't pay attention. I know there are some damn good writers out there like Richard Justice who's done that before,
0: but too many of these guys are getting off light. Yeah, because they, because they still have the power that they had 10 years or 20 years ago when all this was going down. They, the power has not shifted whatsoever.
1: Because professional athletes are like children. They're going to try to get away with what they can get away with. And your job as a reporter, that's what you call yourself, an investigative reporter, you wouldn't be there to tell the story. The biggest story in the world is steroids, someone using, someone cheating, gaining an unfair advantage. You didn't do it then, so don't act all high and mighty now.
0: Well put. Well put. <sighs> so who's on your list? So we're not. So we're looking at. Yeah, that's so. cool.
1: All right, so we have a lot of the same guys. Getting <sighs> my calm back on. So I went in just in order: we Bagwell, Vigio, Bonds, Clemens, Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, Mike Piazza, and Smoltz. Two guys I have that you didn't. That you didn't. Uh, Tim Raines.
0: Okay. 800 stolen bases, um, incredible leadoff hitter.
1: Tim Raines is basically the um, the quiet version of Ricky Henderson.
0: <laughs> yeah. I let me tell you, I left him off the ballot because I thought about it as well. But I mean, the the my ballot was typical enough as it was mm-hmm. that. Um, I, and I never saw Tim Raines play. He was, again, just one of those under the radar kind of guys. Um, I have plenty of his baseball cards that, you know, I just kind of looked at and said, okay, there's that guy. But, you know, I, I didn't vote for him because I didn't really know too much about him.
1: 294 bat, this is career, 294 bad average, 808 stolen bases on base percentage of 385. And is on um, uh, OPS plus one hundred twenty three. So during his career, he was twenty three percent better than the average than, than the rest of baseball. And uh, I know he he gets loop because the quote unquote because he played. I remember what was the story? He used to slide first into um, second when still in the base. Because he didn't want to slide feet first, because he might um, bust the bag of cocaine that he had.
0: Okay, so he was on drugs.
1: He still stole eight hundred eight bases. Would Why? You, would you steal those bases if you were if you were hopped up on coke? I would literally steal the bases, like go around, take them out, and then go sell them to my dealer. But well, that's just me. But still, I don't. That's how you're making any money. Yeah. <laughs> He's me. He was making money. He, he didn't necessarily have to do that. He's Ricky Henderson without the loud mouth, without the bolsters attitude. And I think what really helps hurts him is playing in Montreal for all those years.
0: Yeah. Well that kinda of, yeah. That almost goes without saying yeah. at this point.
1: But I think he's a Hall of Famer. I think he's he was one of the best leadoff men of all time. Him and Ricky. I don't where like where did he it. keep his bags of coke? In his cleats? No, in his back pocket. Oh, okay. That's why he wouldn't slide feet first, because he would bust it. Oh, I got you, I got you. Ah, oh, yeah. Uh, I said Smoltz, right? Correct. Yes. And my last guy was Alan Tremble. Okay. Eighties,
0: uh, eighties Detroit
1: Tiger. Two eighty-five Madden average. Um, how many hits did he have? Also, oh, only 2,300 hits. Uh, One eighty-five. That's how many home runs he was. Man, I'm trying to think of the player I want to describe him to. Basically, Barry Larkin and Barry Larkin, who just got in the Hall of Fame. So if Barry Larkin can make it. Alan um, Trammell can make it. That's who he compares favorably to. And it's like, huh, I think he should make it. And I, I did give consideration to um, Jeff Kent. He w- it was between Kent and Tremble. I just went uh, Tremble because he has fewer years left.
0: Yeah, but you look you're looking at this, these the sim- similarity scores mm-hmm. on what is this website? Baseball reference? Yep. But look who's right underneath Barry Larkin, Jay Bell, who hasn't made the uh, Hall of Fame and probably won't. Um if you look, if you take Larkin, Bell and Trammell, those are those are the the contemporaries essentially from that list. Yes,
1: but you also to remember what error he came up in here. It was during the seventies and eighties. It wasn't. there it wasn't the power. It was more about you know getting on base and speed and things like that.
0: Right, but but Larkin was also well. No, Bell was also a product product of I guess the mid or the late eighties and early nineties. Not, um, and he still didn't deliver. But his numbers were slightly better than Trammels in some departments. Not he doesn't have as many RBI uh, for sure, but. Barry Larkin can make it, Trammell can
1: make it, <laughs> Trammell for Hall of Fame, for life.
0: Um, I like your list. I like mine as well. So we just agreed
1: with, what, two guys?
0: Yeah, but th- those are close enough. I mean, I think those guys, well, this is it for them, yeah. really. Yeah. Well, no, for uh, for Trammell it is. Trammell and Lee Smith are, are, are the very edge. I think they're entering 14 and 15 or both 15. I'm not sure. Uh, Tim Raines will get in. He's got a few years to go. He's got like 10 years. No, he's got five years. But
1: Yeah, this year, let's see. Tim Raines ended with 55%. Tramon was at 25%. So was not going to make it. He'll probably be on the Veterans Committee. Uh, predictions uh, for next year. That's, I'm glad you brought that up. what oh, uh, uh, you have up. that
0: list? you have the list of... Well, okay, Hoffman and Griffey
1: are... are the clear cut. They're in. If Griffey doesn't make it in, I might literally drive out the Cooperstown and burn it down. <laughs> that is ridiculous. He is not a first ballot Hall of Famer.
0: There's no way he doesn't make it first year. It's um, just a matter of how, what percentage he's going to make it. Yeah. Uh, another guy that, man, imagine if he had stayed healthy his whole career. Oh, if he... I would put
1: this on anything. I will put my hand on the Bible if... He, if he had stayed healthy his entire career, he would be the home run
0: king. He would be the, the greatest ball player of all time. Not just the home run king, but I mean, hands down, the greatest baseball player of all time. Um, but still, so he has to just settle for one of the greatest players of all time. He, he, is,
1: <laughs> he has to settle for being the, one of the biggest what if stories.
0: Then part of it was the strike-shortened season, and then part of it was uh, injuries uh, with the Mariners, and then again with the Reds. He was pretty healthy with
1: the with the Mariners. He just had the what was it? The strike-shortened season was ninety-four. Yeah. All right. So ninety-five when he came back, he only played seventy-two games. But then afterwards, with the rest of his career with the Mariners, played one of one one fifty-one, one sixty-one, one sixty. With the, the last four years with the Mariners, and he was healthy his first two years. Well, first year in Cincinnati, he played one forty-five, but then after that, one eleven
0: seventy fifty-three eighty-three. Yeah. Is that knee, is it the knee? I believe. Yes. I think, yeah.
1: It was like, whew. and King Griffey Junior. was always my favorite player growing up. It's just you look at what happened to him. Like, basically, after he left Seattle. Like, here his steel totals his last four years in Seattle. 16, 15, 20, 24. The next, what's that? The next six years in Cincinnati. 6, 2, 1, 1, 1, 0, 0. <laughs> uh, man, just. I literally might have to go home and watch videos of Ken Griffith here. The sweetest swing I've ever seen. Yeah, God, I can't tell you how many times playing baseball, I tried to imitate him, <laughs> and let me tell you, it was nowhere close. <laughs> yeah, I, I, oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking for 2016 for next year.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, Griffey and Hoffman, or well, Griffey for sure. Yeah. I think. You know, at this point, Lee Smith didn't get in when he was first eligible or, or soon after. I could see Hoffman actually missing out the first year. Um, because that's clearly the, the voters have a problem with, with saves and closers or whatever. So, um, oh, we're talking about uh, uh,
1: Billy Wagner. One thing that's going to hurt him, I just saw, He if he were to get elected and he'd be the First pitcher to have less than a 1,000-inning pitch in the Hall of Fame. So that's probably going to hurt him. Oh, okay, let's see who's going to make it next year. So we have all the guys that make it this year. Uh, King Griffey Jr., Jim Edmonds, uh, Jason Kendall, Troy Gloss, Mike Hampton, Luis Castillo, Randy Nguyen, Garrett Anderson, Mike Lowell, Wagner, Hoffman, Mark uh, Grussell, Grits a lot of progress. Oh well, he ain't making it. Uh, Any other names? I'm just skipping through because a lot of guys who won't even get Brad Ausmus. Yeah, that's it. Oh, can I go to another rant? Sure. Real quick. Well, now that I just thought about, we're looking at this. I want to find. Huh? You you know where I'm going? I think so. I want to know who are the voters who voted (laughs) for these fallen players. This year, Aaron Boone got two votes. Darren Aristotle got one vote. Tom Gordon got two votes. Troy Percival got four votes. Why are you giving these guys votes? Out of that whole they're of- not. They're not even. They're not Hall of Famers. They're not Hall of Very Good. They're like Hall of Average. They shouldn't be getting any votes.
0: The only reason on the on the ballot is because they retired. That's it. If you had to pick, if you had to, if you had to give one vote to. Any one of those guys on that list, who would it be? Because um, I would give it to Troy Percival.
1: Uh, those guys... i closer. I wouldn't give it to anybody. Do I really have the choice? Choose? <laughs> I would either give it to Percival or Gordon, and then I'd commit suicide. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and then people want to say, well, it's a show of respect. Well, you know what? They played the game for however many years they play. They made millions of dollars. They don't need you throwing this token vote at them. That's all it that a token, but congratulations. Here you go. You made your money. Some of these guys have won multiple World Series titles. Why do they need a vote to the Hall of Fame? If you respect, you need to res- respect this guy, call him up. And say thank you for everything you did. It was a pleasure covering you. Best in life with your future endeav best in luck with your future endeavors. You don't need I, to give him a Hall of
0: Fame vote for that. And I would kind of feel insulted by that if I were the player. Because it's like you most players understand their place. They understand their in baseball yeah. history. Where they rank, where they stand, in the minds and the eyes of, of the fans. Um and to get that one vote is just kind of like, well, you weren't good enough. You, you clearly weren't good enough, but we'll, we'll still give you a. It's like case. patting a dog on the head. Here you go, buddy. Pretty you did good. So I, I would be insulted a little bit if I were uh, you know, one of those players, but uh, I, I get it. And it's a waste of a vote. You know these guys aren't going to get any more than, than one or two votes. Uh, and those are votes that could go... To Craig Vigio in year three of eligibility instead of year, or year two of eligibility instead of year three.
1: That's just, it's just insane. That's all I have to say. Uh, Because one voter in particular that I'm going to like rail against in a moment. If I can find the right thing. (sighs) <sighs> but that'll be another day. Just if you if you're on Twitter, go find Pedro Gomez, and you'll just feel sick of the fact that he has vote. Because <laughs> this guy didn't vote for Bijo and Bagwell any of the years they've been on the ballot because of um, suspicions that he has about them using steroids. But then he'll throw away these token votes for guys like Erstad and. There was one other player who name escapes me. I'll have to look him up real quick. But it's just like, you give a token vote to that guy, and he's done nothing. But you're not going to vote for two of the greatest players of, our gen- of their generation. Oh, I hate you. so. Like, you so ridiculous. Oh, I've never been
0: <laughs> Pedro Gomez. No. It's just kind of creepy, to be honest with you. And that was before I knew all of that. <sighs> Pedro Gomez is a
1: dick. I'm saying that. <laughs> I don't even I don't care. That's how I'm rolling with that one.
0: Back to back to 2016. Where do we go from here? I mean, who who oh. else gets in? Griffey is, is clear-cut. He's going to in hands down. Hoffman, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't, if he had to sit out a year. Um, Agreed. And Wagner, we both agree, is a fringe kind of guy right now at the moment. Uh, so you're looking at guys who didn't get in this year. You're looking at Piazza, you're looking at Bagwell, um, guys that should probably get in next year uh, with Griffey. Uh, who else? Who else makes the list? Do you, do you see another uh, another inducted inductee class or inducted class uh, of four
1: players? No, because I, like you said, both believe Griffey will make it. Piazza will make it. He's at basically seven percent. So he should he's missed it by like twenty votes, I believe. So he should make it next year. Um I really think a lot of the guys that are down on this list, like Bagwell and Reigns, are gonna see a bump because this the next year's class isn't as loaded as this year's well. <laughs> yeah. Um so I can see Piazza and Griffey making it and uh, basically an off um shot in the dark of just a chance for Bagwell and Reigns to make it. Yeah, that's about it. I don't see anybody else that'd be a first ballot guy that's gonna make I'm looking at Trevor Hoffman. He might be third or fourth ballot, just because of these stupid rules. Or people's stupid feelings, uh dumb voters. Yeah. Um So next year I would say Griffey Piazza with the outside chance of back lower reins.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right to me as well.
1: Do um, you want to talk about Clemens and Bonds? probably uh,
0: I got that's my last one. That's <laughs> your last yeah. one. I mean, I, like I said earlier, I've I'm at the point now where um, the numbers speak for themselves at any point in their careers. Uh, so I don't now. I mean, I, I, I don't have a problem anymore. I don't have as much of a problem anymore as I initially did. I think. I was riding that wave of, of, uh, of, what is it? Not ill will, but, um, I was riding that wave of. haterade Yeah, sure, like <laughs> <probably> that For, <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to, uh, gosh, I'm at a loss for words right now. To, re- close closely relate to the, you know, to the kids these days. haterade we we'll I'm we'll calling that. I was drinking the Kool-Aid at the time, but I've oh, a- Kool-Aid and a red right Kool-Aid and a right. uh, red, the red. I don't remember. Oh
1: god, if you, you don't remember what color your Kool-Aid is, you, you're hurting yourself. Yeah. Uh, it was but but I street cred. Yeah, I've lightened up on that. Oh, always friends. go red, kids. Always go red. Was the red Kool-Aid taste like red? <laughs> Yo, have no hands down. <laughs> no. Um, continue. I'm Sorry. But I, I've i we'll with we'll be back with
0: black folk <laughs> talking in a minute. <laughs> That'll be the new podcast. Um mm-hmm. uh, I've I've lined up on that stance. I think you know, Bonds was on his way to being a Hall of Fame player before the the you know, years in 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 question. Yeah, with Clemens. yeah so you know, I, I hope they make it because they're guys that whether you like it or not, they, they hold the they hold records. They mm-hmm. hold some of the most important records in, in the game. And you can't the way like a lot of people have said it, you can't have a Hall of Fame without those records. And you can't and like they've all like other, you know, commentators have, have also stated, you can't pretend like these guys never played mm-hmm. the game. Like they never even existed. At any point in baseball history, uh, they have to be recognized some at some point, point. Uh, and hopefully, it'll be you know within the next you know realistically three to five years. Mm-hmm. So, what are your thoughts on uh, Bonds and,
1: and Clemens? I was like the opposite of you. I know you had that moment uh, or time where you were like, "No, they cheated, keep, keep them out." Me, for me personally, I had. I wasn't there. I didn't have that feeling because back then, when it was the Wild Wild West, people were, again, like I said before, you don't know who was using, you don't know who was using, you'll never know, and people lie to our face all the time. And that was the PED era. It was the Wild Wild West. It was guys doing whatever they could to get an edge. Um, and Clemens and Bonds were. Either nat- naturally or chemically, were the two best at their position. Yeah. Um, and this is by fifth the fifth and final. Right? Like I told you, I asked you off the air. What is the Hall of Fame?
0: <laughs> it is just a collection, a collection of names. Of
1: names. It's a collection name, but at the base of it, it is a museum for baseball to show all the show everything that's happened in the history of baseball. So, are we going to pretend like this entire PD era didn't happen? They're it trying this. damnedest. Oh. <laughs> That's why they went down from 15 years to 10. But it happened. Yeah. And these two guys were the best during the era. It's like I told you, it's a, muse- if we're, it's a museum. You can't take out the bad things that happened in history and pretend like they don't happen. It's like if we had a museum of history of humans... And decide, well, we're not going to talk about the Holocaust or anything happened in World War II. We're just going to exempt years 1940 to 1944. You can't do that. It's a part of history. It happened. You have to accept that. If you want to pull on the plaque that they were uh, were convinced they used PEDs, they cheated the game, that's fine. But you cannot sit here and have a Hall of Fame that doesn't have the best slugger in Bonds, the best pitcher in Clemens, and the best hitter in Pete Rose. Oh yeah, you All can't. Right. You can't have a. It's completely incomplete. And if you're going to say, "Well, they cheat the game." Okay, then let's go back to the early stage of baseballs where blacks and Latinos weren't allowed to play. Let's go back to where they had the mound an extra. Um, what was it? I believe six inches up, where pitchers just dominated in the de- in the dead ball era. Do you want to erase those records too? Because that happened. You want to talk about uh, back in the 70s when when cocaine was in the game. That happened too. And let's not act like PEDs just happened in the 90s because the Russians were using PEDs back all the way in the 70s. The Pittsburgh Steelers were using them in the 70s. <laughs> so let's not just act like this just happened um, 20 years ago. or th-
0: Yeah, 20 years ago. And Whatever else what about- to say, I've never been... A, a Russian fan oh. or a Steelers fan. So, sure. And what about, uh,
1: and oh, what do they call them? Them. Greenies.
0: Greenies. Yeah. Oh, it's been around since the dawn of baseball. Because you ask Hank Aaron,
1: who I still tell as a true home run king, he'll tell you he used greenies every day to get ready for a game. And players are told how they pep you up, get you ready for a day-night hitter, Things like that. So are we going to pretend like that didn't happen? Let's just accept the fact... Accept the, what it is. There are different eras, and you should represent the best of what happened there. The PD era, you had two gr- of the greatest players to ever play the game. And they should be. They should both be in the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm not attacking you. I'm not because no, I like but, a- but if you... I want you to kind of, I guess, clarify... The statements where you're you're okay with Clemens, well, Bonds being in the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. um, but you still recognize Aaron as the all-time as the king. Like, how can you just kind of clear that up? Because I'm not I'm not attacking you on that. I just you know would, would like some clarity on this simple reason. reason: Bonds is a dick, and Aaron isn't <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> um. I, I see what you guys. It's kind of hip, it's hypocritical. I, I I see what you're saying. Um, again because <laughs> um, you know you're right. If I'm gonna sit here and say all that stuff then um about the errors, then that means that Barry Bonds is the home run king. So I I will retract my statement. and Say Barry Bonds home run king. You're
0: right. There we have it.
1: You won one. Congratulations. right Just eight <laughs> I don't have to write it down. It's, it's uh, I'll talk about the listeners. Write this down. Oh, okay, it's a new year for you.
0: <laughs> it's but it's not a new day. Not they'll never be a new day. Okay. So they're my rats. Uh, I, I you know all all compelling stuff and, and stuff that makes um I think makes the baseball Hall of Fame. The process, um, the funnest Hall of Fame to talk about, because I don't really talk about football Hall of Fame. Uh, who should be in? Who should? Because the be stats
1: matter more in baseball.
0: Yeah, I don't talk about basketball. Um, I don't even talk about the, the WWE Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. especially all those guys because there. it doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> There's no building for it. Well, no, I'm, I'm talking about the the, induc- the inductions, ah, you know, the, the people that are you know inducted into these halls of fame. Mm-hmm. Um, baseball is by far the the most fun to discuss because there's so much to debate, and I feel like baseball is the one that gets it wrong the most. <laughs> yeah, and that's what makes for great debates, for sure, for sure.
1: For sure. Anything else you want to talk about baseball?
0: Uh, no, I think we covered it. Yeah, we
1: have. Okay, so before we leave tonight, um, or today, whatever you listen to this, we just want to take the time to talk about the passing of uh, Stuart Scott. Died uh, Sunday morning at the age of 49 from cancer. Um, uh, I, if you watch ESPN, you've been on ESPN.com, you've seen the uh, stories written about him. If you saw the video tribute they did to him, which was heartbreaking, um, I remember um, getting up on Sunday. I was getting ready for work, and I was watching SportsCenter. Hannah Storm was on, and she was uncharacteristically flubbing her lines. Mm-hmm. And I noticed. That. I was like, "Well, that's weird." And so they go on commercial, and I'm, as I'm getting dressed, I'm putting on my shoes, and they come back, and Hannah is looking in the camera. She's crying, and she just got the word. No, they they had gotten the word earlier that morning, but they didn't um say anything until I think it was about nine fifteen to give the oh, family yeah. time everybody the in the family friends time to hear about it before hearing on TV mm-hmm. so she comes back out she's crying and I don't know how she got the strength to deliver this news on national TV without basically breaking down like a child because that's what it felt like I do, and the news it hit me like a ton of bricks I mean I've been watching this sports Center since. I can remember, has been uh, Stuart Scott on there. My favorite is when I know a lot of people who watch him and um, Rich Eisen. Yeah. Uh, my favorite is always him and um, um, Scott Van Pelt because they always come on. It's, it's Stuart, Scott Van Pelt. Just put their names <laughs> together. That always kills me. Um, and man, if you only do, if you're on the internet, and going, you have some time in your hand. Go and look up the ESPN tribute to Scott. It's amazing. And then look up Rich Eisen's tribute that he did on, first, so on the NFL Network. Network when he delivers the news. Yeah. He takes about eight minutes to talk about his love and respect for Stewart. And then later that day, when they're talking about the highlights, he uses, we're talking about the highlights from the the wild card games. He uses all the stewards catchphrases and it was just a great way to honor a great man who, um, like when he came into the business and said things like, booyah, and can I get an amen from the congregation? Things like that. Like it was awesome. It was great as a black person to hear someone who I could relate to. And I know also tell a story that you could also go and find Keith overman's, um, he talked about it as well on his show, just someone who came from my side of town, who I could relate to, like who basically gave a, who give me this, what's what I'm looking for, the inspiration to talk the way I talk, like I can do, I have this podcast and talk the way I want to talk, and be me, yeah, and just be loud and obnoxious sometimes, <laughs> and um, it's just a shame. That he's gone at 49, which when you're like 18, 19, 49, seems like it's a lifetime, but it's really not. He should have had another 30, 40 years with his kids, Sydney and Taylor. Um, God, that's just. Um, both of us to send our heartfelt, our heartfelt prayers to his family. Um, and his ESPN family the, and uh, sports cast, everybody who knew him personally, and even those of us who just knew him on the TV.
0: Yeah, that, that was me for sure. Um, this is a guy that brought a different type of energy that I had never really heard from. Well, no, he was one of the first catchphrases. Catchphrases, but one of the first sports anchors that I've Remember watching? I mean, you know, I grew up right around the time that he was, kept, you know, hitting his stride. So he definitely set a bar for guys that I watch now, or that you know, whenever I do happen to. And I don't, and because there's guys, there's not guys like Stewart Scott anymore on television. I, I really, honestly, don't watch SportsCenter as much as I do as I used to. Um, I don't go out of my way to watch it as much as often as I used to. Um, because the personalities are, are not, ha- haven't met the level or the, the bar that he set for, for sports broadcasters, um, for all sports broadcasters, black or white or whatever you are. I mean, you know, he, he set a, uh, set the tone for, um, for really, I mean, a generation of, of sports fans. Because you know, people older than us, they always talk
1: about uh, Overman and Patrick, And yeah. Patrick, being the one-two punch. Um, I heard someone who exp- explained like Overman and, and Patrick were like the Apollo, but, I, um Scott and Eisen were like the child challengers. They went above and beyond, mm-hmm. and yeah. it just
0: and you it know heartbreaking. You know, it's amazing the impact that a guy and his, the way the way he tells a story Mm -hmm. um, creates interest. Creates interest in in so many different people, and so many athletes. Um, Because without his personality, without the way he tells these stories, without going over these highlights, um, then you don't probably care as much about Kobe Bryant, or Shaquille O'Neal, or LeBron James, or um, just athletes in general. Yeah, any. I mean, you know, whatever athlete we're talking about, um, and to to have the the reaction from the sports not just world.
1: sports world. I mean, they were
0: talking about him on
1: CBS, NBC, yeah. like major networks. This man, well, had, said, he had transcended just being a sports broadcaster. He became a celebrity in his own right.
0: But uh, but also, I mean, he he was also a journalist. I mean he was a, a, a broadcaster as well, you know, someone uh, someone they probably ran in the same circles with. They probably hung out with them every once in a while. Right. You know, you you're you're telling us you're you're reporting on something, whether it is sports or whether it is politics or or whatever it is, you know, they you know, the people that that are on Fox News and, and reporting the happenings in the world um, are just as much of a colleague to him as the people, you know, the people that are on, uh, you know, ESPN, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the 1 a.m. edition of Sports They're all colleagues. It's all the same. They know that grind. It's all the same. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I, I understand the, that aspect of it, but you know, to, to make the impact that you did, that he did, you know, for athletes all around the world that were, that had games that day, um, you know to prepare for those games and to at the same time you know honor and make a tribute to him. Like, he's impressive.
1: Games eh? on Twitter, social media, um, uh, different games. I know the Bulls, the Bulls and Rockets game. They had a moment of silence. Um, the one, the Tar Hills game because he was a a proud yeah. alumni of the Tar Hills, They had a moment of silence and the entire crowd hold those signs that says "Do." And at the end of those signs, they all yada out, Booyah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's um, it's just that I mean, man.
0: but he, you know, he he made that kind of impact. I mean, he, yeah.
1: around the nation,
0: around the world. So. You know, that kind of those signs of respect by all athletes, because, like I said, there was hockey games, there was basketball games, there were football games, all scheduled that day. Mm-hmm. You know for all those organi- you know those sports organizations to um, to take the time that they did i mean that's usually reserved for you know a president or yeah you know uh, someone you know that is higher up on the food <laughs> chain than he was but he still had that impact he on, transcended on everyone
1: just being a broadcaster yeah
0: so you know it's a, it's a shame to see him go so soon um and, uh, but you know, at least he's, he's resting peacefully finally. And, um, you know, and if you ever have a
1: chance to, uh, uh, like uh, those videos that I actually watch, if you go online and go get the Jimmy V speech. Yeah. And then go read, go watch Stuart's, uh, uh, Scott's speech, both of them at the SB's. Both by a courageous men battling cancer who would unfortunately no longer be with us. Yeah. They
0: didn't go down without a fight. No, they did you not. Have to, you have to respect that. Um,
1: so we just want to say, wherever you are, do or, or stop, we love you and stay as cool as the other side of the pit. Always. Always. All right.
0: Anything? Anything? Uh, as, I mean, always, I think, yeah, as always, thanks again for all the support. Tune in again. Um, you can find us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. At... Uh, find us. At Ant <laughs> underscore Garcia 288. Uh, at 288. No, you're wrong. <laughs> underscore? <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, 280 underscore. Yep. And at DQ327. So we always say, well, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Just want to say, booyah. And later, babies.